Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of NWR Connectivity. I'm your host, back by popular demand, likely one person, maybe two. I am Dan Koopman, and joining me tonight, well, it is morning for me, like 5am in the morning. Who, who cares, who cares? Um, joining me are once again two very lovely people, also back by popular demand, Brian Rose. What's up? I'm back. And we also brought another new person along for the ride. It's Andrew Brown. I'm not new. I've been here for years. I'm just <laughs> very, very busy. Welcome to the club of new <laughs> NWR connectivity. <laughs> it's very nice to have you. <laughs> it's it's nice. It's nice. Um, but yeah, Andrew has been here for years, but he is the person who will lead us to glory as we talk about video games for about somewhat like an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, so we start with what we've been playing like usual. I don't think why we would do otherwise. Um, and I think Andrew is going to start us off. I am? Alright. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, in regards to to recent uh, gaming, um, I've been going through uh, uh, my backlog of 3DS games in preparation for the uh, the exciting Etrian Odyssey 5 that's uh, just about to launch in Japan, if I'm not mistaken. I'm really hoping uh, it gets some sort of translation yeah, very soon. But um, I just mm-hmm. recently ordered the limited edition Etrian Odyssey Untold 2. Um, waiting for the okay. package, so I'm I'm playing the demo, getting my save uh, file underway. Yeah, um, yeah, and in finishing a, a couple of old games that I've been wanting to clear out on my 3DS, I'm I'm still actually playing Senran Kagura, the uh, Burst, the original one. Um, How are you still playing that game out of all the games that are available <laughs> on 3DS? Well, I do have the sequel as well. I want to jump into that, but I'm trying to max out all my characters' hmm. stats in the first one. So I've got, like, two characters left that are, like, level 48. I want to finish off and get the last achievement before I can uh, jump ship to a new game. I mean, that, that's fair. It's, that, it's really that I don't fun. think that's... A- yeah, I don't think that Saron Kagura is that bad of a game. Um, it has a lot of emphasis on that other element, which is obvious for people who know the game. Um, but I do think that the beat-em-up action in the game is actually really decent. And I think they they screwed up the ante even more in that second game. For I know that there was a very, very big difficulty spike right at the beginning of the second game, which I didn't really enjoy. Um... But yeah, both of those are really good games. Yeah, um, there's been a what? What was the the most recent spin-off? There was that uh, cooking one on. Was it was it the Vita or PS4? It's 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 I think the the Vita, yeah. And there's also like an actual more 3D fighting one that is on PlayStation Four, I think. There was the one that was based on the uh, the engine for Warriors, wasn't it? Uh, Dynasty yeah, Warriors, yeah, for sure. Mm. 
But no, the the original games they've got a lot of good old fashioned uh, beat 'em up charm to them. The the controls are tight. They've got you can rack up combos, you can juggle enemies back and forth, and uh, it has a, a little bit of an RPG element in it. You can level up your characters and learn new moves and techniques and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I originally went in because the the emphasis is on on anime fans and and very heavily into fan service there. But once you delve beyond that and get into the story, it's actually quite deep. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I mean, there is a lot of flair and substance to the stuff that they're doing, regardless of what you think. Um, but I do... I just enjoy that beat-em-up action. I think that's it's really fun, really well put together. And if you just can put your mind off and just can play a lot of it, it it's a good time. It's It's fun. Yeah, it's it's a great thing to play. I take the train into work, and it takes me like an an hour transit both ways. And it's good to just switch off my brain to any of the outside uh, transit sounds and just chuck my headphones in and play this and get through a couple of missions. It's um, uh, that's the charm of 3ds in its uh, bare functions, I guess. For me, I I I played those because I usually work at home now. Um, so I did as well bench listening to some podcasts. Um, so that's how I got through those games. <laughs> hmm. um, but anything else of note that you have been playing, or is there more that you want to say about Sinran Kagura? Uh, uh, what else have I been doing? Um, I still check Mitomo occasionally. <laughs> um, I've been. I'm still actually using the the 3ds Street Pass Plaza all the time. I want to finish getting all the uh, the plaza tickets. I'm still on the Ultimate Angler, otherwise known as uh, what is it? Me fishing in in Europe and Australia. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's uh, a daily chore. Uh, oh, and uh, Pokemon Shuffle. I load that up. I spam. Uh, I think it's level. 13 or something, You the, the Meowth coins, I play that five times in a day, I'm like, I say to myself, I hate this game, I want to stop playing this game, and then the, I repeat the process tomorrow. Hmm. I, um, the interesting thing, I will get back to Pokemon Shuffle in a bit, um, but in regards to Street Pass Fishing, I think that is my favorite Street Pass game of them all. There's so much to do. Right, and I think it's just fun to catch those fish too. Regardless if you do it with tickets or with people or with um, the what play coins. Yeah. With the play coins. I still think you can get a lot of progress out of that. And it's a lot of fun to prevail and do your best. Um, and it's even hard to reel in those fills those fish exactly to a point it's it's kind of tricky to do um so I'm a, it's a lot of fun i if you only had to buy like one street pass game and you have a ton of street pass coins it's a worthwhile investment to spend them all there because i actually feel there's a good game in there regardless of the way you play it um Ab- absolutely it keeps you pro- out of all of the street pass plaza games it's probably kept me the busiest for the longest amount of time, the most value for money, and it's still actually fun to, to repeat on a daily basis. 
Yeah, I think that I've been playing it non-stop since I got it, and I still feel there's stuff to do there. So it's one of those games when I get Street Pass hits that I still check. Um, and it's totally worth it. Um, totally worth the money, and I, I, it, it keeps you a long time going, especially when you want to catch everything in that game. Um, it's a good challenge. To Pokemon Shuffles and I kind of stopped after the initial run of that game. And I w I'm wondering slowly and steadily if I should return to it someday. Yeah, the the constant stream of um, like special stages that they release and special promotions. Uh, they do uh, a thing called an escalation battle now. I, I don't know if you got as far as that. Right. I haven't. Uh, where... I, I've, I've played the game, but I haven't played it a lot. I think I've maybe the first level. Oh, I'm not sure about how level design is or level structure, but I played a few hours. I would say. Yeah. I, for me, for me, it was I played for all the original levels. Then I completely hated myself and never turned that thing on again. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was fun while it lasted, but once I ran out of stuff, like um, I, I played the iPad version, and once I ran out of stuff, I kind of just lose interest. I'm like, yeah, okay, this, this was fine. Mm. Praise on um, people with OCD. <laughs> Personally, personally, I like the paid for the paid game more. Uh, Pokemon Link Battle. I don't know what it's called again. Pokemon uh, Rumble Battle Worlds? Troze. Pokemon Battle Troze. Oh, oh, right. The full right. I, yes. I, I, I think that version was actually way more fun. Even though it was easier to make combos in that game, I had a lot more fun with that game at the same time. Um, the same goes. Also, you just mentioned Pokemon Rumble World. I think that game is actually kind of fun too. I don't know. I from both ends, I don't really enjoy Pokemon Shuffle as much as those other puzzle games or those other spin-offs that were available. It just don't kind of stuck with me in my mind. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was the other one? Picross. Uh, Picross and Rumble World both have the cap on the amount of money you can actually spend on there. And then it starts giving you the premium currency on a daily basis. I think that's amazing. I've I've actually gone back and finished both of those games, whereas I'm still shuck, stuck with uh, Shuffle, uh, just grinding this one stage to get coins on a daily basis if I have any hope of actually doing anything when new stages are released. Um, hmm. Bad business tactics, really. Yeah, I. that's what I don't like about Shuffle. It feels very cheap in its design. Um, Brian, you any more thoughts on Pokemon Shuffle? Nah, it's it's okay, but <laughs> not much I to wish say I beyond that. Stop. Help me. Anyway, go play a good game. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was... Any any other thing? Any other thing else you've been uh, playing over there? Uh, me? No, Andrew. Oh. Um. Uh, on other consoles, I've been experiencing Shadow of the Colossus for the first time. Really? Shadow of the Colossus for the first time? For the first time on uh, on my PS3. I went back and got the uh, the Eco and Shadow of the Colossus uh, HD bundle. And um, it's an experience. Um, 
I'm really enjoying it besides the the uncoordinated horse controls. Um it, yeah. Yeah. It it has a little bit of a learning curve to to get in touch with the controls and get yourself into the game, but once you get the ball rolling after the say the third colossus from that point onwards I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I'm I'm on the 12th one at the moment, which I think is the the minotaur thing that you knock down the cliff. I don't know any That's... of their names. <laughs> no, but you're making good progress, though. And uh, it's... That's very good of you. Very nicely done. Broadening um... horizons. <laughs> um, every time I think of the Ico collection, I wonder what's gonna happen with The Last Guardian now it's coming out. Because I have the feeling it's not gonna live up to the expectations that I have. Oh no, it's it's um, Duke Nukem Forever all over again. Oh. Yeah, I think it's going to be disappointing, honestly. And people might find it upsetting who are listening to this, but honestly, I know what to expect from hyping up a game too much, and at this point I don't think it can meet the high leaps and loops that game went through all of these years. Hmm. Yeah. But it still looks charming from the trailers and, and everything like that, but it it also looks like it's going to be a whole lot more of the same sort of stuff that we saw in the other two titles there. So, I don't know. Right. I'll I'll probably play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's about it, right? So, I guess we're going to move on to Brian. Well... I have been playing No Man's Sky for the PS4 for the last week. Okay. And um, I've got to say, it's, it's it's really interesting. It's it's fascinating. Um, I've seen the reviews so far, and so a lot of people say, you know, it's kind of boring in some parts. And I would agree in some of those ways, because it can get kind of a... It kind of can get a chore eventually, because... Um, it's very much doing the same thing over and over again, like going to the planets and scanning for life forms and plants and, and things like that. But it, it, it can get kind of tedious, but it's kind of soothing at the same time. I, I mean, I guess, I guess I can compare it to maybe like Minecraft in, in some ways in that you can just like kind of like put on the game and listen to podcasts for a while while doing something. I think I think that's the kind of game that, that No Man's Sky is, and um, it, it's it's very fascinating. I, I mean, it's really cool getting travel throughout all these planets, all these randomly generated planets. And I think the developer said that there's about like fifteen quintillion kind of planets in the entire No Man's Sky universe. So it's gonna be very rare if I come across other people's planets and. And um, animals and, and things like that, but um, the the scope of the game is just really amazing. Just it's you feel like you're barely scratched the surface of the game, even though you've, I've been playing for like ten hours, I, I think so far. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's just a very very big game, and it, it's easy to get lost, and it's but it's also kind of easy to get. Um, bored once in a while but um, I really feel it's a very strong game it's 
not going to be for everybody. I think that's the main takeaway from this game because it can get boring and it's not really action-oriented. It's more survival-esque in that you have to harvest items to fuel your ship and um, and also collect other items to make parts and to warp across different galaxies and things like that. So it's it's very right. much a survivalist kind of game, and that might not be for everybody because there's not a whole lot of shooting. Like sometimes there will be people who you come across and um, they'll try to shoot you in space, or if you go down to the ground, animals can attack you, or um, there's sentinels that will attack you. But it's it's the the action in the game is very limited. It's more about searching and finding stuff, and that can be a chore sometimes and it can get a little boring but I never I, I, I've never gone to that point in the game where I thought it was like really boring I should not I shouldn't play anymore but um no, overall my, my thoughts on the game are very positive like like it's not like the greatest game of all time but it's also not like Spore I mean my brother was telling me the other day that you know I think you guys remember like how hyped Spore was when it, it was first released like it was going to be the thing that changed video games and stuff like that. Um, it's it's not like Spore in that it's like an utter disappointment, but it's not like it's a revolutionary game in that it's going to revolutionize the, the industry or anything like that. It's, it's a very good game with a lot of good ideas, and it's also very interesting in some ways, the, the actual story, but um, it's... It's not like a really revolutionary title. I, I think people, I, I, think, I think people remember it, but I don't think it'll be like this masterpiece kind of game. I guess. Yeah. Yes. My main thing with No Man's Sky, I was not expecting it to be such a survivalist game. Yeah. I was really expecting a full-size space adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some. Somewhere in the the thinking of maybe an elite dangerous, or a what is a good a good example, you know, just a space exploration game. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think that those survival elements make me very uninterested in that game because simply put. I don't think that makes for a really fun video game if you have to mm. constantly manage stuff over and over. Um, so, my main question for you is, is that a really integral part of the game? It is, because um, it's all about collecting items and harvesting items to make your way through the galaxies and to progress through the game. I think there's an eventual end to the game, I think the goal is to, like, create um, or enter the center of the universe or something like that. And um, the way to do that is to collect items, uh, landing on a planet and collecting items. And and I will say one of the parts of the game I don't like is item management because it really is a chore. And it really is annoying to having to constantly go to stations to sell stuff. That's one. That's the part of the game I like the least because it's... I mean, you can always upgrade, but it's also it's even when you upgrade, it's still kind of a chore. So, so it is kind of a chore in, in that aspect, but not enough to where it turns me off. Right. 
I am really unsure if I want to play this game. It's worth a rental, uh, I would say, at the very least. Well, we can. Well, rentals are banned in Europe, oh. so <laughs> I would have I would have to buy it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I I would wait maybe for a price drop. Yeah, I would because say because the games the game seems interesting me to me, but not enough that I would spend like full price on it right now. Yeah, and like you said, the game has two sides to it. One side is really boring, and another side is really fun. And I just want to have fun, like all the way through and as much as possible. Um, so for me, that's somewhere a conflict of interests. Because um, there are interesting spots. I mean, when once you land on a planet, you don't know what you're going to get into. So that every time I land on a planet, it's like really interesting because it's like, what, well, what am I going to find here? It's it's that kind of aspect of the gameplay is always really fun. But yeah, it's. There's pluses and minuses to the game, definitely. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I will think about it. I don't know. I. It, it seems that there are enough bits to it that I would like, but at the same time, I'm kind of reluctant um, mm-hmm. to spend full price on it. I will wait. Um, anything else that you've been playing? Um, just Pokemon Go. Um... I, I've had I'm having fun with it. I mean, the game clearly has issues in, in, in some ways, but I mean, it, it was fun just spending. Uh, I mean, I spent last weekend um, going up to San Diego, just circling around the beach to get water Pokemon because there there isn't any water Pokemon here in, in the desert of um, California where I live. So it, it was fun going up there, just going around and. Going to all the Pokemon stops because there's like barely any Pokemon stops in my town, so <laughs> it was fun to spend a day just going up there and playing Pokemon Go and get, okay. getting all sorts of Pokemon. Oh, How man. many Pokemon do you currently have in your Pokédex? Uh, that's a good question. Well, let me see. I, I don't have every, everybody, obviously, but. I'm... Andrew, do you know how many Pokemon you have in your Pokédex? I'm looking at it right now. Uh, caught eighty two, scene eighty three. Man, I'm way behind. <laughs> <laughs> I have like I have like I have like fifty five or something. I'm probably, probably less than 55. that. Let me see. I am really lucky. I I this the the job that I commute to in the city at like uh, in Melbourne. I uh, just started two weeks ago, and it's in uh, a suburb of Melbourne called Docklands, and there's uh, an inlet from the ocean that has Dratinis and Magikarps and uh, Psyducks spawning constantly, and it's like the block behind my office building. It's amazing. I've, se- I've seen 75, caught, um, oh, you know, caught 75, seen 77. So I'm, Man, I'm, okay. I'm way behind. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, I've been play- not playing a couple of days for a few obvious reasons, because I've been playing other video games, but it's... Um... Yeah, for me it has been mostly just hatching eggs the last couple of times. And I got on Cubone and the Atkins through that. So, that was really good. I'm curious, yeah, does the US version of the game still go by kilometers? Yes. Uh, yeah, they wow. do. So okay. I'm often lost when it comes to that. <laughs> so, I have no so, idea. 
They, they are forcing they are forcing us yeah, to no, look, finally, learn the actual to learn the, learn the good metric system. They're finally yeah. going to force us, right? <laughs> Pokemon shows the world the way. Yep. Yeah. Finally, everybody will learn the good metric system. It just makes sense. Learn it, guys. It does. But, <laughs> oh. I, I think at the same time we can also talk maybe about. Um, the updates that Pokemon Go has been having the last couple of weeks. Um, what are your thoughts, guys' thoughts on that? They finally put the battery saver mode back on the iOS version. I'm That's surprised they took it off, but I'm glad There's it's back on. Some sort of glitch in it or something, I don't know, so they just disabled it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's back. Mm-hmm. I also feel that searching Pokemon is still bad. Like, finding sightings for Pokemon is not a good solution to find Pokemon in the real world. I'm sorry, but it isn't. Uh, They first removed the steps, they didn't fix that, then they introduced the sightings, which I don't really like. Like, even in my area now, there are no sightings in this area, and it's purely luck-based, or I use one of my lucky eggs and... uh, What's that other item called? Uh, the lure, not the, the lure. In, the, the incense. The, the incense. The incense. And then I have just to be lucky with the Pokemon I have. I don't think that's a good solution. I really, really don't. Hmm. What's What's the deal with the all the screenshots online about the the Pokestops showing Pokemon on them? Apparently, part of the uh, the nearby list is is now going to show, or, or in a future update, it's going to show um, a picture of the Pokestops. I think that is a future update. That, well, that's not a future update. That's actually available in San Francisco oh. right now, where Niantic is based. So basically, if you are living there, you can go to a Pokestop, and that Pokemon should be there. Hmm. Huh. That's cool. So they, so they have the easiest of all of us, which is kind of a cheap advantage in regards to the rest of the world. Hmm. So I don't know. I think that they should have outruled that to everybody instead to just a few people. But then again, also people in rural areas don't have the chance to go to Pokestops very often. So there's that too. Hmm. Um, so I don't think necessarily there's a good solution for that stuff. But at the same time, they new, do need to find a good solution to make everybody happy. Absolutely. Um, uh, I would prefer that they develop the any updates thoroughly tested before they actually release it instead of doling it out in different regions, as you said. But um, at the very least, it looks like they are slowly starting to address some of the major concerns that people have with the game. Um, a lot of the uh, graphical bugs have have ceased almost entirely. Um, it's better that we're, we are actually getting some sort of tracker in the near future, even if the, the footsteps isn't around anymore. That said, I, I did like the footsteps when it was working for that initial week, when the game itself was working for that initial week. <laughs> yeah, that's why I want the footsteps back, you know? It made sense, and it was kind of fun to search Pokemon that way, and now there's no really skill to it. You just have to randomly walk into them and hope for the best. Which I don't think is fun. I, I don't like that. And as much as people might say that's that's how real Pokemon games are, 
maybe, but at the same time, this is real life. This is not just a Pokemon game. Yeah. What's the deal with the grass in the sightings, by the way? It, I don't like it. It's... Uh, it, it's it's you just don't know where it actually is. You don't you know nothing really. The sightings basically says, "Yeah, there's a Pokemon nearby." Okay, where? We're not going to tell you. Well, that's good game design. Thank you very much, <laughs> Pokemon Go. But but the aesthetic choice behind putting a picture of grass behind everything in the sightings, it just it, it makes very little sense. Instead of showing the Pokemon, it's now like doled off to the side of the 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 grid on the sightings list, and there's this giant tuft of grass that... Uh, it makes no sense. For uh, It doesn't, and, and that's, my, that's my main complaint about the entirety of that implementation. <laughs> At first I thought maybe, like, if they're further away, they're behind the grass, or they're a different size compared to how close they are, like the footsteps would work, but no, no, we're just changing the pictures, so now instead of... Instead of seeing Pidgey nearby, you see a tiny little brown spot that kind of resembles a Pidgey next to a giant tuft of, of grass. Well done. Mm. Well done. I'm. It, it just makes at the least, designer at in least, me. Yeah. At least they fixed the, the, the catch bonuses stuff, because that was another thing that people complain about. Because they removed that somehow with the last update, and that was a bug which they didn't address for a solid week, and it's said, oh, oops, that's a bug, we're going to fix it right now. Once again, great communication. <laughs> yeah, apart from that, um, I, I'll, I'll probably continue to play. I'm definitely not playing as much as I was two weeks ago, but um, when they do, or if they do eventually release Gen 2 into the game, I can see people getting heavily on the bandwagon, uh, bandwagon again. Totally. Yeah, I will. I will. I will then definitely go back to the bandwagon. I'm still wanting to write a review for NWR. I still have to attend to, like the last time we spoke. But um, I don't know. Like the more and more the updates come out, the more driving me away. I don't think that's a good thing. Mm. It's true. They just need to stop removing features. Or changing features for the worse. <laughs> True. I think that's enough about Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm putting my phone down now. <laughs> uh, I did see the story, like, it was today or yesterday, that um, Iwata spent his final moments working on Pokemon Go in the hospital bed. I did, I did read about that. That's yeah, interesting. That, too. that was... Um, like, every time I read a Walter Muse, it kind of grips me back in, in the gut, you know? Like, yeah. I still can't believe that that guy's gone. It's, it's uh, still... I mean, it, it has been one year, I think, or... or just a little bit it over has one been year. More than a, more than a, it has mm. been one year and a month now, because it was um, July 14th when we found out about his death. Yeah, I know there was uh, a couple of the conventions last month, uh, or the last couple of months, where they um, they were putting up tributes to him. Yeah. I still think the best, like, striking tribute is one of the Game Developers Conference, where they made yeah. a perfectly animated video detailing his life and what he did. Yeah, that was really amazing. Um, mm. But, you know, even a year later, 
his death will never stop hurt will never stop hurting because it would have been a very different scenario I think if he would still have been around mm-hmm. he he changed the world yeah and he, he was still involved until the very end which um shows the kind of guy he was. He was a go-getter. He wanted to get stuff done. Um, which makes it even more sad that he's gone now. Anyway, I don't want to make this conversation too depressing. Um, but I, I found it well. I found it very important to mention that that thing happened this week. Because maybe people will tell why will ask why we didn't. Um, At least bring it up, yeah. 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 Um, On a lighter note, let's start. Sorry. Go (laughs) Go ahead. I was going to say the one thing that I really took away from the article about it is that his his initial idea was that uh, people or or children in particular would be able to play Pokemon without having to spend any money and and doing so with their families. And that's absolutely, as buggy as the game is, that's what has come out of the game. I've seen people spending time with their families walking to the local park or or interacting with, with new people who or, or visiting. I, I myself certainly have visited new areas that I never would have walked to in the past just on the pretense that, oh, there's a poker stop over, over there. I'm going to go see what's there. Hey, there's a cool mm-hmm. park. Hey, there's a cool art mural on the wall. This is a really neat place. Or finding like a, a cafe and uh, or, or a place mm-hmm. that I would now visit regularly because of, of finding it in this game. Which is is really good. Hmm. Anyway, we're moving on to what I've been playing because uh, you guys talked about what you've been playing, and we talked then a lot about Pokemon Go. Mm. But we've got as a third person, me. Sorry, <laughs> I've been talking way too <laughs> way too much. Anyway, uh, so three games. Uh, the first one is Dragon Quest Seven. For which the preview embargo has come by and gone. I haven't had as much time as I wanted to to play it, honestly. Um, I was on a holiday in Wales, and when I came back, I immediately had to download that code. Um, so I didn't have exactly had much time to play it, about five or six hours. And I will likely post another preview later when I maybe did 20. But... What a good game. I love what I did with Dragon Quest 7. And I'm not saying that just because it's a game that I always wanted to play. Because it never officially released in Europe. Like it originally came out on PlayStation 1. But never in the PAL regions. Really? Um, Cool. No, it never did. It came out in North America but not in Europe. Well, not cool. But cool that you're able to play the, the latest yeah, but I I played the PlayStation version at a friend who had it, and that script was a very bad, and the game was this weird pseudo two D thing where you could move the camera in all directions, which was very a thing for that era. Um, but it seemed like looking better back at it, it seemed weird. Mm. Um, but uh, this game on 3DS is now fully polygonal 3D. Yeah. 
every aspect of it. They completely did all the assets of that game and made it something extremely fitting and unique and comparable to the later games in a franchise, um, which is fantastic. Um, and basically the story in that game, um, you take the role of a young boy uh, who happens to have the greatest fisherman as his dad. It takes place on this island. Uh, everybody puts faith in that man, including the king of that island. And that island is called Estard. And es- Estard. And that's your main hub for that adventure. Um, Estard is an island. It's not that big. It's And my pr- main problem from the get-go is they do a lot of world building in this really small space. Like, it has two times some rural areas, and that's about it. Um, so the first 18 minutes of the game feel a bit on the slower side. I don't think that it's necessarily bad, but it's slow. It's a bit slower than I would want from a Dragon Quest game. Um, and what follows is that you go through a magical portal that's triggered by a bunch of tablets coming together, stone tablets, and then you'll find yourself in a whole new island. It is a big shocker to the to this young boy and his newly formed group because they only known one island that's the island they lived on for the rest it was all ocean always according to them uh, what you just did was going back into time and your goal in this game is going back into time to various islands that have existed fix the problems that were plaguing those people back then and bring those islands back to the current age, so completely change up the flow of time. Hmm. Huh. It's a bit of a Chrono Trigger feel to it. It definitely has. Um, so, the, the the big thing here is that um, the first island you go to, it doesn't have a name, I think. The island doesn't have a name. Uh, but there is this place called Bellamoy. And in Bellamoy, all of the women have been stolen by a devious group of monsters. Hmm. Um, to aid your quest, though, you will need the help of a hero, and that hero has fallen into battle before you came. And you will need to heal him with a special green rock. So you go to the mine, get that rock, heal him up, and go to to the tower where all the women are held for a massive face-off. Um, and once you all do all of that and you go back to your own time, uh, which still confused the, the heck out of the characters, but you will have figured it out by then for them, <laughs> um, is that, it le- that the island all of a sudden disappears. And there's quickly a ray because nobody knew about that island on Astart and everybody's freaking out. And the people on the island heard about your island but never visited because they're scared and they never figured out before and when you asked them this island suddenly appeared where did you came from this is from this island always has always been there and it hasn't created a whole history for itself so people are kind of confused over the place and it's a far strange time looping system where you change just completely the course of a willed by your own hand um it's a really really fun ride and a really weird ride to say the least i think the dragon quest games 
always have done greatly in creating like a really unique story, but um, this one really screws up the ante some more with various islands that have very different personalities in how people react to it, like the second island worships fire, like literally fire. <laughs> um, cool. Sort of kind of cuckoo in the head. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it's fun to see what you encounter on one of these islands, and it's always fun when you do. Um, so it's a very gripping experience. Like, not to start, but once it gets going, it gets going good. Like, it's classic Dragon Quest action with your turn-based battling. Um, I know that there's also like a job system later in the game, which I haven't gotten to yet. But I'm very excited to see where that goes. Um, but there are puzzles, there are enemies to fight, there is a polygonal world to explore, which are on very small islands, so it's not exactly the best, but it's it's a fun romp thrown through. The only thing that, uh, besides the smallness of these islands, the only other thing that kind of irritates me is that you move the, the camera with the L and R buttons. Which I don't think is all that great, because you're finally bringing it to Europe and America, give it some gosh darn C-stick support, yeah, please. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I, I'm looking forward to this game. Um, I've been hearing about it for years and how it's... I mean, people probably have played the PlayStation version, but this is a brand new version. It feels like a brand... or it looks like a brand new game. So well, what's well, what I've heard from people, and I looked at PlayStation footage to confirm this. The script in original PlayStation version is really bad. Some of the Square Enix it's... games during that era were really bad in translating. Like Final Fantasy V, for example, had a really bad translation on the PS1. I think that came out around the same time, didn't it? Hmm. And there might yeah, be it definitely did. Or actually, I think that was before Square Enix merged. But um, yeah, yeah, but, but, but RPGs but for the Enix, most part. Yeah, but Enix though. Then. Yeah, but Enix, though, did a really bad job translating that game to a Western audience. Yeah. Um, and what I've heard is that they didn't see the script before, and so they kind of also had to make up stuff as they went along, hmm. which um, is not a good way to translate that game. Um, they made up their own names. They're back to the Japanese names now a bit more, uh, which is unique. Um, the script is more expanded. They had full access to the full Japanese script, including the inclusions they made in the 3DS one. So they made a more complete version out of this. And this is probably the first time you will see a really complete version of Dragon Quest VII playable on something that's modern. Awesome. It's cool. I'm really looking forward to it. I love Dragon so Quest so I love Dragon Quest IX, so I'm looking forward to playing another Dragon Quest game. So technically, we're actually getting, instead of a remake, an actual new Dragon Quest game, because even the localization was not that good, so they really changed up everything they could in this new version. Awesome. So don't see it as a remake, see it as a new game, because yeah. that's you're getting a lot more value that way, and you'll think very different about the game that way. <laughs> Um, besides that though, um, because that was the big one, I guess, um, I've been playing Life is Strange Episode 1, 
um, on the Xbox One. Uh, I got the the collector's edition of Life is Strange a little while ago for quite on the cheap. Um, and when I got my Xbox One S a couple of days ago, um, I installed all the stuff they wanted, and I just I didn't want to wait until something was completely downloaded to my system. So I plopped the disc in of the limited edition and installed all the episodes immediately to my hard drive for an update. It was like, yes, this is what I'm going to play tonight. I'm going to play the first episode of Life is Strange, which is a five-part series, um, which you could see as a point-and-click adventure, but you actually move around and interact with the world, so it's very different in that regard. Um, it, it talks about a girl named Max who comes to this rural town after leaving this for five years to go to a, an academy for for art and photography and what have you. And um, what she immediately finds out at the start of the game is that she can control time, um, which plays in the game in a number of ways. I don't want to spoil the plot too much because I want people to play this and this is the first episode is currently free on PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC so really play it for yourself. I shouldn't really talk about what this game actually entails and spoil any plot points but here we go. Um, I'll try to avoid it as much as possible. Um, but um, this this game focuses on making choices. This game is really choice-focused. Um, and if you are not happy with your decision, or you know that something should have gone differently, you can spin the dial back and do it again. And this can have different consequences on the world, on the people you meet, on how you will interact further with people further in the adventure. Um, so everything is interconnected with one another. And you have to pay really attention of what you are doing and what you are letting be in that world. Because everything has a consequence. Uh, early in the game, uh, you bust the guy with a gun. You tell this to the principal of the school. And that guy you busted will come after you in a really hard way later in that episode. Um... And it brings a whole bunch of really nasty elements together at that point. So, again, I don't want to spoil that stuff too much. Um, but um, it, it shows how much weight every consequence has. And I think it will further play out in every episode because the story will develop over time. You will get to know characters. You will learn what they think. And you will work closer to those characters along the way. So they will also know where you stand as a person. So it will very be very interesting to see how this game will play out by the time I end up with the last episode. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that eventually. You really should. I think um, even uh, there are plenty of people who did, and those people have recommended me this game way too many times. Um, and 
the one thing I will tell you is I will recommend it the same way as they did to me. It's the perfect envision of a typical point-and-click point-and-click adventure, but in a 3D, just really rock around and explore style. Uh, it, it, it encourages exploration, and it encourages being being interested in what the world has to tell you. Um, and even if you and even if you don't want to leave a trace, you can easily just go back remove your steps and go on with your life um, it it knows what it is it knows how to use its mechanics extremely well and I cannot recommend like even if you just want to play the first episode because the first episode ends really strong I just recommend that you play it and see if you're interested because it's so totally worth it yeah I mean it's always worth trying the first episode at the very least yeah, I think the first episode is three hours long, so it's not all that long. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets up all. I don't usually like setup episodes. That's all I say. I don't usually like setup episodes, but this is a really good version of a setup episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it, it looks like this is almost the dawn of some sort of new genre of of game. I'm seeing a lot of stuff recently. Uh, of all this huge uh, choice-based gameplay that uh, affects the world around you there. Uh, what was the one that they showed at E3? Um, Detroit. Become Human. Looks like a, another step in this sort of uh, of direction, and it, it's it's an interesting way that the industry's uh, heading towards. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, for Detro- the, the games that David Cage has made, who is also making Detroit, has been really of that ilk where you make decisions for decisions that you make in different cage games are less consistent and sometimes vary in how much influence they have actually on the world. I feel mm-hmm. that every decision that you make in Life or Strange actually have an influence on how you progress further into the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you don't think it is that big of a deal, the game will ma- will certainly make it later to point out to you that it was actually a big deal. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think I'll go download it. Definitely do that. I should. Um, uh, the final game I want to talk about is Tedbull Treble, uh, which came out recently on the Wii U eShop. It's made by uh, Matthew. I don't remember his last name, sadly. He uh, he made uh, Brawl in the Family, and now he worked on his very first own video game, which is exciting. And it's a rhythm game that's a bit more passive. I feel like the the mu- the music track is laid out for you, and you move around and hit the notes uh, by eating them and avoiding. Uh, badly placed, well, not badly placed, but very difficult to maneuver obstacles, and you finish stages that are very ranging in their musicality. So you have a retro stage that uses chiptune music. You have a musical number which has text in it, an actual spoken, like, song dialogue. Um, you have a bit of classical music. You have a bit of more 
energetic songs. It has a lot, lot of variety in this game and adventure it presents. It feels like a very musical adventure, and it's it's kind of fun in how it presents too. It's easy. It's easy to play with the 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 D-pad controls, and you move up and down. Um, and the combos you rack up and the points you collect, it, it you need to nail that down to a point. But it's it's very rewarding when you do. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I feel that I'm getting really close to the end, and it's getting not exactly easier. Um, and I have failed the last the last stage that I played a good number of times, but I'm always have the feeling that I'm doing this better. I'm performing better. I'm doing this stronger than the last time. Um, so there's a good sense of flow and progression there, which. Um, makes me wonder how this game will end. It, uh, I'm researching it right now. It looks fun. Um, it, ha- Dude, it has to have been inspired by that uh, section in Mario RPG where you, you make the tadpole music. That's what I thought it reminded that, me of. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's very likely, yeah. I think it's it's a really fun little game. Um, that people should play. I think it's one of those prime examples of the good that the Wii U eShop can bring. Um, and even though you will get that less these days anymore, this is a game that people should really give a try. Me. So yeah, I've been only playing good games for once, which um, <laughs> will, ma- will make James Jones have a sigh of relief. Don't worry, James. I'll be back to bad games, hopefully in a few weeks from now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that has been all of what I've been playing and what I've been playing we have been. Um, So we end with a few talking points. I don't think we're going to make this too much longer, um, but it's good to bring them up. Uh, First of all, are the recent updates to, well, the recent news about Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon, mm-hmm. which has been really encouraging to me. And I don't know about you guys, but it has been, I've been really happy with what they showed recently of that game. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I like the new forms. I, I do. I like the forms, but at the same time, I feel like retreading the same ground of the original generation's Pokemon is going to start making the game way too complicated. Mm. Maybe. It, maybe, but it, mm. you know what? I think you kind of need to go that route now, especially when with the popularity of Pokemon Go and all those Pokemon. I mean, there need. I, I think there should have been something new with the first generation and... I mean, so far, all the new for- forms, I think they're called Al- Aloha forms. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of them have been based on first-generation Pokemon. So I think it's just giving a fre- breath of fresh air to new to older Pokemon, like Sandshrew and Ninetales and Executor and Pokemon like that. Mm. Ex- Execu- Executor is hilarious. I <laughs> love that. It's it a long, it's a long neck and it's a dragon type. I, I, fr- I freaking love that. It's awesome. Um, I, I think that the Alolan forms are a genius move by Pokemon. So, 
What's going to happen next generation? Are there going to be mega evolutions that then have Aloha forms or whatever next region forms available? Or, or is that going to work transferring to, to other generations or, or future games? Are you then going to be able to get different versions of Pokemon based on which country you've caught it in or, or region? I, like I said, it's it's starting to to push things a little bit in my book, but it is interesting to see, and it is uh, at least it is based on something that's uh, that happens in nature. There, there's there's been various uh, things talking about how the executor actual physical palm trees do grow in different shapes and sizes depending on their region in the world and the their the amount of water that they're nearby so it's it, it's interesting they are doing some, a lot of research into like actual uh, physical nature environments there to to make these forms and i certainly do want to collect them all as i have in all the other games as well even if it's uh, I- I- even if they're don't making you, don't it you mean don't you, don't you mean gotta catch them all? Uh, <laughs> I, I actually stopped myself from saying it, but why not? Yeah, I actually gotta catch um, them all. So, um, talking about the new Pokemon, uh, which Pokemon stand out to you personally? Um, I am a big fan of Wishy Washy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I like the name. The, the, I like especially the school form. I think the yeah. school form is fantastic. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I so like it. So, what have you been? Uh, what have you been liking of the new Pokemon? I love the Sandcastle. <laughs> the Sandcastle's like oh, the, yeah. the the new key of the of this generation. It's like the key po- or the clef key. Just like so bizarre, but like kind of really cool at the same time. Right. So I, I I really like that one. Um, I like Mimikyu too. That's a really cool concept. Um, it's it's basically based on old merchandise, which is again yeah. I love that. Love the ingenuity of the Pokemon franchise to bring <laughs> stuff back from the past for this new adventure. It's also kind of sad because it's. I think this description's like. It wants to be loved, so it gets the so he chooses like the most popular Pokemon to mimic or something like that. I think that's there's like backstory yeah, to I, it. I I I have it here. Maybe Q lives its life completely covered by its cloth and is always hidden. Yeah. People believe that anybody who sees its true form beneath the cloth will be striken by a mysterious illness. Huh. People in Alola are convinced that you must never try to peek beneath its covering. Mimikyu's health fails when it's bathed in the rays of the sun, so it prefers to stick to dark places. It's rumored to that's the reason it's covered itself with a cloth to avoid sunlight. The rising popularity of Pikachu's tied mo- merchandise around 20 years ago is the reason that Mimikyu makes itself look like Pikachu. <laughs> in fact, this Pokemon is dreadfully lonely, and it's thought it would be able to make friends with humans if it looked like Pikachu. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Oh. Yeah, that is yeah, that, that is, is a really of... interesting concept, though. Yeah, I, I love the I, idea. I, I agree. I I really like it. Uh, another Pokemon that I really liked is uh, Oricorio, who has four different styles and one on each island. Oh yeah. Um, 
I think all of those styles look really cool. I really like the Japanese-styled ghost one. I think that's definitely my favorite. Yeah, um, I need to look at the forms again. I I think they're all different. It's a bird Pokemon, right? But it's like four different types based on the right, forms. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I like the idea. I like there being like different forms on different islands. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I'm, I'm super stoked that there's finally going to be a koala Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. Ne- Neck koala. Uh, not since the original generation has there been anything Australia-based, so that's that's really uh, uh, inspiring. For sure. <laughs> um, talking about other updates that have been interesting. Um, so recently, and I announced. The evil team for oh, yes. this new adventure, which is Team Skull. They are awesome. And can I say, can I say, I think Team Skull it goes back to form with like the old style of just having straight up gangsters, and I freaking love that. They they actually finally look like a, a threatening villain team in a Pokemon hmm. game, and in an, a region that's based on like tropical islands, it's a little unexpected, but nonetheless, it's it, they do look really cool. But it, it makes sense, right? To have it more like more straight to earth, like a straight up bad team, like nothing with a grander goal or something that's just misjudged. No, a straight up bad team that wants to do bad stuff. They're and just bad attitude. They're just hipster thugs. They are, yeah. I love it. I, I, I also really love their designs too. Like especially um, their grunts look really awesome. Um, they have their little skull hats and the scarves with teeth beneath them. It's it just looks really really cool. I like the S logo. It's like the S on its side and makes the top half of the skull. It looks cool. Yep. Uh, Plumeria looks also awesome. Who's the big sister of that group? Um, but but Guzma, man, Guzma. If when he introduces himself, you want to see destruction. Here's your boy, Guzma. I just I was like, yes, <laughs> this is fantastic. Oh, uh, I just was just so happy when I saw that. <laughs> I think. It, what do you think of, about it, Brian? Did you like them? Um. Wait, which Pokemon are we talking about again? No, we're talking about Team Skull. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to bring up. Um, one of the bosses looks a lot like the bo- the uh, professor from Pokemon Go. Did you notice that? Like the white-haired one. He does a little. Yeah, everybody. Like a little. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was the. Yeah. Most interesting thing about that, but as a whole, um, I mean, um, it, it's it's okay. It's a, I guess it's the gimmick that we see in every generation. Which, I, I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, Rockwa, they look cool, and I like the idea. But well, it's mm. it's it's not the same gimmick though, because usually with the previous things, they were just straight up bad teams. These are not. They are not. They're, they were just having a grander goal. This is straight up, this is a bad team, and I really mm. like that old school attitude again. Okay. Well, I just, I just, I just think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's bad or anything, but, 
Mm, I mean, without reading too much into it, because I, I really have... Like, for some reason, I'm just, like, not into, like, the whole bosses thing, because it's... For me, it's more about, you know, what new Pokemon are in there, but I'm sure they're perfectly fine, and there'll be something different than the last few kind of bosses, but I'm not, like, really into it, I guess. Like, right. like, the, like the bosses aren't the most important thing to me. It's more about who are the Elite Four bosses and who's the Grand Champion and, and things like that. I mean, the, the boss... The team thing—it's—it's it's kind of—it's—it's uh, it's just kind of passe to me. I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, it's a nice distraction, but it's not like something I'm totally into. I am totally into this. I—I love that it's just a straight up bad team again. Um, but fair enough. Um, other stuff that they introduced—the uh, Z moves. Yeah, Which are basically very intense moves for every type of Pokemon. That is that's pretty interesting. Um, I, I guess it's a new is thing. It though, to... Is it though? I just think they're going to replace the the Mega forms. Has it actually been confirmed hmm. that Megas even exist in this new game, or is that strictly a a thing for? I don't know. Uh, I think it would have to. That's, that... well, in some they, form. They're... They don't have. They don't have to. Hmm. Well, they can't really put it in this game, and then these are mega evolutions. This is the next wave of of every major final stage evolution that you've got in the first couple of gens, and then just take it away again. Hmm. So, oh, oh, we don't do that yeah. anymore. That's not cool anymore. And then all well, the kids yeah. with their their yeah. mega Charizard getting heartbroken. Yeah. The- <laughs> hmm. <laughs> the thing is with with the Z moves, they kind of fix the issue of some Pokemon becoming overpowered with Mega Evolution, because every Pokemon type has now their their own ultimate move. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's something. It's cool a it's to, a weird thing. It's a yeah. weird thing, but I don't know. It's something cool to add to the battling aspect. Um, I mean, for me, it's it's it's, uh, it's something new. I, I'd like to see how it works. I think that has something to do with the Z rings too, right? And then they're going to be distributed at GameStop. Or no, at I another... don't know how how it will work. I'm not interested in Z rings because it's yeah. just pointless crap to buy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it pretty much is. Bet, what what are they releasing with it? There's different plots or something you can buy with sets of different colors and. When you use it in the game, yeah, you, can, you it, can buy you can buy different crystals and different crystals do something. Blah blah blah. So not really that when something happens in the game, it like flashes a color on your arm or something. From what that's maybe the way it I does. read it. I, I maybe it does. I don't know. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't. E- I don't. I don't even care. Hmm. There's, there's. I just want to play. I just want to play the game. I don't care about outside stuff. Yeah. So, what's your thought on the um, the the Pokemon Go thing then? The wrist thing. Are you gonna get that? Uh, at, at least, at least, at least it has a purpose. Yeah, uh, it it flashes a color when there's a Pokemon nearby, and you can get a Pokemon with that thing directly without looking at your telephone. Well, I guess that's a good point. I've been put in my place. Um. You are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the other the other thing is uh, riding Pokemon, which is not a big deal, but I like that it's there, especially riding on a freaking Charizard. Yeah, that's quite cool. I mean, is it better than it was in the last generation, where it's just like you kind of ride a Rhyhorn around? I mean, is it, I haven't really like seen much Rhyhorn, of that. Rhyhorn, Rhyhorn was slow, though. Yeah, he was. Rhyhorn was slow. But th- these seem awesome, like a Sharpedo, like a Charizard. I, l- I freaking love that. I, yeah. I, I just am excited for it. Is um, is this like in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire where you can like ride Latios and Latias around? Like, like that? Mm, maybe. I'm not sure. It could well be. Okay. I, I like um, that part of um, hmm. Ruby and Sapphire. Was You, you could ride uh, those around and go around the world. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final thing is the Island Challenge. Um, which seemed to be the thing that are replacing gym battles. That's really surprising. It's the Orange Islands all over again. Yeah, and it does remind me of the Orange um, Islands uh, part of the Pokemon anime. I I don't mind that, you know. I feel that they... Yeah, they've done enough with the whole setup of gyms and there's only so much you can do with every single type. You could introduce new Pokemon and make it more difficult for the people who play it um, but you could also just sidestep and do something completely different mm-hmm. and I think they did good to do something that is unique to this game that's going to make this game stand out from all the other Pokemon games and maybe even bring pe- people back who just burned out by the whole same concept I think generally this is a good thing regardless of what maybe most people hope a Pokemon game is I think it's a good idea to do something different even if it's a little daring yeah I mean I mean the gym concept has kind of been dated for a long time I mean they they made it kind of feel fresh in the last generation but um yeah, it's kind of time to go in another direction with that. And um, from what I've seen from these challenges, they look they look pretty cool. I'm willing to try them out and see how they are. It's it's something different and something new. So I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. Which ends up it ends just ends also with a big fight against like the the Kakunas, which are the the island heads, which I think is a really Really neat idea. I still wonder if there will be a, an Elite Four or a champion, likely, uh, but we'll see how that will play out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all the Pokemon Sun and Moon news. Um, I know that. Brian, you wanted to talk about the NX a little bit? Uh, yeah. Just the, um, all the speculation that's kind of gone up in the last couple of weeks or so. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, the idea that they put out was that this is going to be kind of like a portable system, but with detachable controllers, and you can hook it up to the TV, and, and you can do that. And um, if it, that is what the annex is, I think that's pretty cool. Because right. I, I kind of like the idea of it being both a portable and a um, dedicated console system. It's 
very different from what other systems are. So I would very much be looking forward to that if that's what it is. Um, right. I did hear that it's not going to be as powerful as the PS4 or the Xbox One, but I mean, to me, it doesn't matter a whole lot because I mean, even some of the Wii U games look really great, so it's not that big of a deal. As long as it's in HD and it looks modern, I, I mean, it it doesn't matter to me if it's not as powerful as the PS4 or the Xbox One. So, I mean, there, there's that. Um, yeah, really, people have made that comparison with every Nintendo console over the past what, four generations. Oh, it's not as powerful as this, it's not as powerful as that. And look what we did to the industry. So yeah. it doesn't. Does, does it? Does it really matter? Like, mm-hmm. does power really matter? As long as the games are fun, as long as there's still franchises I love, as long as there's fresh ideas, I don't care if they do more gimmicky controls. I don't care if they they go from discs back to excuse me back to cartridges. I don't care. Whatever they do, as long as it's the same core uh, values that Nintendo upholds that they've been doing since day one, then it's still going to be something that people are going to love. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I do hope that um, we don't know if the whole concept with, like, a dockable handheld is actually a thing. Um, but, you know, I do hope that Nintendo knows what they're doing, and at least makes the thing more like more powerful and interesting than the Wii U ever was. And hopefully they will. But it all depends on how it will transform in time. Yeah. To me, it's all about games. I mean, as long as there's games for that system that are really interesting and uh, make use of what technology it has, I'm looking forward to it no matter what. So, I mean, there, there you go. Graphics doesn't matter to me. Um, doesn't matter if it's what what we think it's going to be. I, I mean, as long as it's something cool and innovative and does something new with video games, I, I think it's going to be really cool. Well, we don't know if it will be cool. We'll have to see for that before we know that. <laughs> That's true. It, it would be nice if we actually knew something officially about this thing. Yeah. I am likely that we're going to hear it in September. Um... There's this rumor that said this, but honestly, it's not that hard to believe because it's sort of six months until this thing comes out, so it seems like the perfect time to say something. Mm-hmm. Given that all we've had so far is uh, officially is a name drop there, they they are sort of cutting it to the wire. They need something to get people riled up for it, but um, yeah... As long as they can wow people with all the uh, the trailers uh, and whatever material they do put out to the public, then um, all the best to, me, to them. Yeah, to me, it's all about the games. If the games are good, it's a it's a one battle. Yeah, because what Wii U's problem was is even from right out the gate, the Nintendo content wasn't all that strong. No. And it kind of remained all the way through the system. It had good games, or even fantastic ones, but the gaps between them were too big to make a difference. Mm-hmm. 
and they need to start this right with the first six months because even the the, the launch window of Wii U was quite a disaster with games getting delays and only getting out at the end of 2014. So they need to get their pro their program straight. They need to know how to release their games on time, and hopefully, maybe and hopefully, will we have a good, decent Nintendo launch lineup? Yeah. yeah. As far as uh, games like Breath of the Wind uh, or Breath of the Wild, I should say, um, I'm probably going to get it on the Wii U because I don't see any particular reason as of yet to to pick up the NX. But I let me say it right now, if they launch with Splatoon 2, I'm getting an NX Day 1. You know, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I don't, think, don't even think Breath of the Wild is going to launch when the NX launches. Hmm. Think about it. Why did they remove that March 2017 date from the website? Oh, they did? Oh, yeah, this yeah. is news to me. I didn't know they, that. They... There's, they moved it back to to 2017. Uh, that might be a sign of something. That might be a little concerning. Yeah. Honestly, if I didn't know any better, and I likely do, but I'm not pretending that I don't, <laughs> um, then I would say that maybe it's not launching in March next year. And I don't know if that's good for the next order Wii U. Because the Wii U is already kind of dead. Yeah. And the next, it doesn't start with a grandiose title wire out of the gate. So I am kind of on two terms with that stuff. Hopefully they have a plan in place for next year. Hopefully. Well, considering what they've done over the last year, there's there's got to be something under their heads. Yeah, luckily. I hope. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's all we wanted to say about our next ride. I don't think there's yeah. more to say at this point. Um, so I think we're going to wrap this up. I want to think... Ryan. You're welcome. <laughs> I no want problem, to it's thank... It's great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Andrew. You're quite welcome. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my dog. I want to thank you for listening and sticking with us until the end. Um... <laughs> No matter when you're listening to this, maybe the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, we want to know, want you to know personally, that we love you. Thank you for listening. Have a nice remainder of whatever time this is. And hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll listen and hear you again very soon. Stay Bye-bye. fresh. Bye. <laughs>